previously on Dream Realm. Not only are Elias and I going to expose the people behind the code, but we will go to the Dream Realm with this news and we expect them to put a stop to it. Magenta looked at the photo and nodded. These are the two that broke into gate. Pass that photo off to Toe and Lights. Make sure they're aware of the intruders. Mazapan, is there anything we can do to hack into their identities? Not at the moment, but I, I hope to do so in the future. I asked IT to break into the Dream Realm system and trace movements from Gate. They found a correlation that the same traffic visiting Gate is also visiting some kind of building within the Notoria Mountains. Both of them could see the man-made light coming from the southeast. It was at best two or three miles away, although in the landscape like this, the light was heavily visible, especially through the open thickets of pines, which weren't clustered enough for complete darkness. That's be it. You're listening to episode 12 to the audiobook slash podcast project, Dream Realm. Voiced, written, and produced by me, Matt Rebar. Part 5, Chapter 5 The lights were indeed coming from a large building which was built into the flattened part of the mountain. The building was a compound. A small fence, only about four feet tall, surrounded the building and its corresponding yard. There was a parking lot, and a ton of snowmobiles adorned the yard, while two security mods sat in a little office which was connected to the only entry exit to the building. The building itself was shaped like a large L, with three main floors along, with two additional floors that were small squares stepped up in the corner intersection of the two rectangular pieces to the L. The building's windows were mostly drawn with the blinds, although light had spilled out of the windows, while the yard was lit with security lighting. "'What is this place?' Jordan whispered. "'Looks to be some kind of brothel.' Elias explained. The only buildings built like these are dormitories, and you really only need a dormitory room to have sex with someone. There's probably almost 100 bedrooms in this compound, Jordan gasped. And are, are that many people involved? Or do you think this is just... Or do you think there's more than that? I don't know. Especially if this is just a feature of the Dark Realm. If they can rape anyone they want, it doesn't matter where they go. This must be if they can't muster the ability to rape someone. I bet the two rooms on top act for space for the mods to escape the compound, even though they're still in the compound. How do we get in? Jordan asked, looking over at the security. The building had one giant two-sided entrance, which was located in the intersection midpoint of the L. I don't think we have the right access we need. Well, maybe we just need to wait for the right moment. What kind of moment? I don't know. I suppose it'll come to us when it comes to us. Elias sighed as they continued to walk around the compound, avoiding the security guards within the front, which was on the opposite apex of the entry doors. While they waited, they watched a couple men appear out of nowhere in front of the security guards. The men each waved to security and walked past the yard, entering the building without any additional access needed. It's that easy, Jordan whispered. You can't appear inside the compound. You have to appear next to security. That means the doors are always open. We get off the fence, Elias shrugged, and then go from there. Use the second door on the other side. The security doesn't appear that aware. I think that's a great idea, Jordan nodded, as the two of them catapulted over the fence carefully and cautiously. No alarm seemed to be going off as they walked down to the side of the building. They peeped into a couple of windows to find some of the rooms abandoned. The rooms were heavily decorated with plush, each coming with a large mattress, a desk, and a chair, another large plush chair, and a full-on couch. Each room came with a closet, one of which was open and showed contents of condoms, lube, sex toys, instruments, belts, chains, all sorts of things that one could sexually imagine. There was even a couple books regarding positions and fun stuff to try, a Kama Sutra, 
In the fifth bedroom they peeped into, the two actually watched as a fat older man stuffed himself into a young woman. She seemed to be struggling a bit. Whether or not that was for show was up for grabs, but her right arm was imprinted with a tattoo, which indicated she was a mod. Two rectangles cut in half, with the outer halves having dark ink. Who do you think comes up with these mods? The hackers? Jordan asked Elias as they continued to stare into the window. It could be the woman at gate, magenta or whatever, Elias added. Who else but a woman could imagine up women for the dark realm? The next two bedrooms were empty, while the third featured another woman, barely clothed, who was sitting on the bed looking rather nervous. She too had a tattoo which indicated she was a mod. They moved on quickly, finding another girl in another room, but this time there was no tattoo on her arm as she unbuckled the extra-large jean pants upon a man to reveal the rock-hard four-inch cock. She used her arms as part of the act, confirming that she was a real human. She's real. So some of them are real women, Jordan whispered. But why would they do this? I'm sure they get paid, Elias added. It's easier to do this than to be a real-life prostitute. That's not the point, but for some that is the point, Jordan. They were only a few bedrooms away from the entrance and the lobby to the building. They passed another bedroom with another girl and man engaging in sexual favors. In another bedroom, a thin white boy was laid down in the bed while a silver-haired man with a beard gut undressed besides the bed. His fingers rubbed up against the boy. The boy barely looked 16. Jesus, it just gets worse and worse, Jordan whispered. All these men must have money and can't get laid in real life. Or they have desires they can't execute in real life. Marriages, connections, cameras, secrets, all this done away with in the dream realm. Elias explained as they moved past another empty room. They were finally rather close to the dual entrance. Elias quickly opened the door and then ushered them through it. They immediately walked down the hallway so the guards could not see figures through the glass lobby. The interior to the building was rather nice, each room outlined with a number and a name. There was a main directory in the lobby which featured detailing on the individual and a face photo, but from here, the names and numbers seemed stoic and impersonal. Where do we go? Jordan whispered as they arrived at a staircase a few rooms in. No doubt the staircase connected the five floors together. The two opened the door and now realized that there was a basement as well. Let's visit the fourth and the fifth floor, Elias whispered. And so they took the staircase up to the fourth floor and opened the door a little bit. The room was similar to the dorm rooms, except there was a small, shallow pool, larger beds, more leather couches, and a large station of oils, lubes, and gels. It appeared this room acted as either a room for orgies, group sex, public sex of some sort. The fifth floor was the same, except there were seven women and two men who appeared to be getting ready for an upcoming orgy. Elias and Jordan immediately snuck down the staircase and decided to inspect the basement. The two opened the door off the staircase to find a basement room painted in colors and shapes. It was a rather innocent-looking room, the kind you would see at a daycare or in a nursery. There were plenty of games strewn around, as well as a snack bar filled with all sorts of treats and goodies, candies and juices. There were a few televisions, some geared to cartoons, some geared to video games, but within all of this were kids, ranging from two or three to six or seven to adolescents, each looking as young as they could. Flawless skin, imperfect, perfect bodies, all of them dressed in white clothing to further their innocence. Hello, the small girl smiled, turning from her toy to the two adults. Do you need one of us? Chapter 6 Some of the women and men who were being used upstairs in this brothel had appeared to be designed with the legal age in mind. But the children in front of Jordan and Elias were clearly underage. What these children were doing in this building seemed both expected and unexpected. Since these men clearly didn't care about the disgustingness of their sexual desires, the presence of children and teens seemed second nature for them. We don't need one of you, sweetie. Jordan smiled. Can you tell me what you're doing here? A couple of the older kids immediately looked bleached out, and they immediately moved from their places among the colorful furniture, shielding the young six-year-old girl. What do you want? The one girl spat. Perhaps 14. The other girl and boy, too, looked to be in the same age range. We're not here to violate any of you. Good. Not like that's going to stop everyone here from being used at some point today, 
the boy muttered. What do you want? We want to know what's going on here, Jordan explained. I'm a lawyer, and he's a detective. We're trying to understand more about what's going on. I mean, isn't it obvious? They're hacking the technology to allow rich men to rape people and to force their way onto us, the second girl whispered. We're all mods, but that doesn't mean we don't feel what they're doing. We still experience the pain, the suffering. Unlike Jenna's, who'd been scared to talk, the teenagers appeared ready to scathingly discuss their situation. Perhaps it was a fault of the code, or maybe because teenagers were rebellious and emotional and didn't adhere to code in real life. The younger ones, they don't fully get it. They think it's a game or something, the first girl whispered. Magenta and Toe like to keep us young and innocent, but obviously the older one gets, the, the quicker they turn despondent. Why do you continue to live like this? We're mods, we don't have a choice. The boy answered Jordan's question quickly, no doubt the question on his own mind half the time. Who's Toe? Elias asked, referencing back a couple sentences. We've met Magenta. Well, met's a strong word. Magenta's the one who created all of us, but we're not allowed at gate, the boy explained. Toe is in charge of this facility. He does a few other things, like working to improve our coding with marzipan. He also creates things. What does he create? Jordan questioned, as the kids turned to each other and struggled to find an explanation. The other kids in the room had noticed the two adults, but continued to eat goldfish crackers and play Mario Kart. He creates toys, but not these kind of toys, the one girl whispered, her head turning to the toys on the nearby shelf. Both Jordan and Elias picked up on the fact that she was referring to sex toys. He also has special weapons. He's a machinist, a tinkerer. But not all the women and men who work with you are mods, right? Jordan questioned. All of the children are mods. Most of the men and women are too, but some, well, they were recruited and go at higher rates, so to speak, because they're real, but most of what goes on here is messed up, and even if we do get paid, I, I couldn't do it. Do most of these men force themselves onto you? Some of them do. Some of them are a bit nicer about it, as nice as you can be for fucking young kids, the boy spat. What are your names? Jordan realized that through all the hubbub, she had not asked the three children for their names. We don't have names, at least not official ones, the girl sighed. We just kind of exist. Gosh, we have to get your kids out of here, Elias whispered, looking around the room. You can't, the second girl sighed, her raspy voice incredibly downtrodden. We've tried to escape. Since we're mods, we're basically tracked. Magenta can find us no matter where we go. We can't leave you like this, Jordan whispered. This, this is wrong. You said you're trying to stop it, all of them, the boy explained. So go do that, and if you succeed, then we won't exist anymore. But don't worry, we know we're not human. But we don't desire to be human, not after what we've seen humans do, the second girl sadly explained. With one last sweep around the room, Jordan turned to Elias. I think we've seen enough here, Jordan told Elias, who nodded. Both turned to the older kids one more time. Thank you for talking with us. We didn't know it was this bad. Please take him down for us, the one girl spoke, her conviction strong and human. Please. Seconds later, Jordan and Elias were back in the stairwell and heading upstairs. This is really fucked up. Jordan whispered as they ascended. These children are mods, but they are children. The deeper we go, the more fucked up it gets, Elias confirmed. Don't even know what to expect next. Let's get out of here. We already have an idea of what happens here. Jordan opened the staircase at the main level and began walking towards the nearby lobby in order to escape. But it was upon entering the lobby that the two realized that they had been ambushed, as eight security figures armed with what looked to be electric taser guns aimed themselves upon both Jordan and Elias, while a man dressed in a rather shabby suit and tie sat in a small chair within the lobby. Did you not think we had cameras in the building? The man smiled as he eyed the two in front of him, standing up and brushing off some light dandruff and readjusting his rather large glasses. You're the intruders who have been fucking around with magenta and marzipan, right? Well, I'm their colleague, Toe, and welcome to my institution, the Venus. 
Jordan and Elias stared at Toe, the man already mentioned to them by the children downstairs. Toe was in charge within the compound, and his appearance did seem to correlate with the idea that he was a tinkering mechanist. This place you run, it's sick, Jordan whispered. Young children and teenagers sexually abused by your clients, prostitution is one thing, but pedophilia and being a member of this dark realm is a whole different story. I don't care to hear about your morality. Toe waved his hand as if he was shooing ants away from his picnic lunch. If we agreed, I wouldn't be working here, would I? But the money, it's so good, and the geek in me loves the ability to create tools. Have you no shame? Jordan asked. I was brought up to be shameless, Toe laughed. In New York City, you learn that life is dog eat dog. I'm not going to feel sorry for a few months when they pay my bills. I've gotten accustomed to a certain lifestyle. So you don't have shame, Elias answered for him. Of course he doesn't. He's a disgusting pig of a man, Jordan answered. Where does the nickname come from? It's Danish for Thaw, Toe smiled. It's partially inspired by my heritage as well as my personality. I'm a block of ice which takes forever to thaw. No wonder you don't have morals. Let's end the morals talk, Toe snickered. I don't care for it. I'd rather talk about what you two are doing and what you're doing here. I know you're investigating us, probably two vigilantes looking to find any sort of illegality or any way to stop us. The typical good, evil plot line story kind of shit, right? You got that right, Jordan nodded. This whole building, the Venus or whatever, it's wrong. Ah, the beautiful protagonists who are willing to do so much for their cause. Toe's joke caused the guards to snicker. Well, you can come with me then. The boss would love to meet you while we hack into where the two of you are from. There's not much we can do to physically threaten you on the dream realm, but in real life, well, that usually works effectively, right? I don't think we're ready to meet your boss, Jordan answered casually. We'll have to postpone that meeting. Oh, this field trip is mandatory, sweetie. Toe laughed, intriguing cross coming down his brow. And if you're lucky, I'll fuck you in the van on the way over. You're a fucking rapist scum, Jordan shouted, before forming a smoke bomb in her hand and tossing it to the ground. Immediately, Jordan and Elias turned to the hallway behind them and began running. Toe and his guards covered their faces quickly before immediately giving chase, the electricity guns sparkling out with tangy attack. After these intruders, Toe charged the group while Jordan and Elias gave chase. Fuck, there's no exit down here, nor a staircase, Elias cried as they continued running towards the end of the hallway. A few doors opened as both girls and a portly man drew intrigue to what was happening outside their doorway. There's a window, Jordan muttered as they closed into the end of the hallway. Jordan covered her hands with stone as she punched through the window. The window shattered and both she and Elias climbed through the window and immediately grabbed onto two of the snowmobiles in the yard. Both of them had tried to wake up but realized they couldn't do so in the compound. They assumed that Toe, like Magenta and Liam Schumer, had the ability to hold their anchor to the dream realm. The two of them immediately revved up their snowmobiles and began heading out of the compound. The guards, in tow himself, immediately grabbed their own snowmobiles before giving chase. Even outside the compound, Elias and Jordan realized that they were unable to wake up. It's funny, Toe shouted to the guard next to him as they separately rode forward into the Notoria mountain range. They're probably trying to wake up, but by using the code I've already disabled them from waking up. They can't even properly vanish into a different realm when I'm right behind them. We just need to give chase for now if we can't wake up, Elias sighed as he continued to ride downhill. The security members each still had their crackling electric taser guns, which looked intimidating. It looks like the electric guns will contain us, keep us here probably, and then who knows what they're going to do to us all night. Fuck, you're right, Jordan whispered in fear. We just need to press forward. Toe's security were going all out, while Toe himself managed to pull out his phone and place a call. His first call went to voicemail. Damn it, King! Toe cut the call and immediately called Magenta, who picked up early on. What do you need? Magenta sounded rather unconcerned, but she would become interested in what Toe had to say. Your intruder showed up to the Venus today. Toe smiled coolly. I'm giving chase to them right now. You're kidding, Magenta whispered. Her entire attitude shifted. You're in the Notoria mountain range? 
Yes, yeah, so I've disabled their ability to wake up, and if they jump into another realm, I have them currently tracked. Cho looked down at the device he had created just for this purpose. I tried calling King. He's momentarily out. What do they see at the Venus? They know about the kids, and they don't seem happy. They admitted that they want to take us down. We figured that, Magenta sighed. Just keep them on. We need to bring them in and see what they know. Maybe we can test the one device you put together? Good idea, Magenta. You're quite the underdog around here, don't you know that? Shut the fuck up, Toe, and don't fuck this up. I'll sync off with you in a second. We can't let them go. Toe ended the call, put his phone away, and read the engine forward, for he had been falling behind a little bit. While still holding onto the device which was keeping the intruders in the dream realm, he summoned up another device. Chapter 8 Jordan and Elias had circled the mountain, their snowmobiles going triple digits in speed. All the while, Toe and his security continued to trail them. At this speed, they were going up and down the shallow mountains quickly, and now we're entering the more so habitable parts of the Notoria mountain range. Are we going to lose them? Elias questioned, unsure of how to handle the situation. We need to get to a populated area, Jordan looked at her screen. If we cut through the side of the mountain, we'll be on track to hit Notoria City. That's probably the most populated city in the mountains. We can lose Toe and his security by then. We have to be careful. Any slip up in Toe's security will have us. Elias looked behind himself to the security which were in the background, appearing rather sly as Toe continued to press forward with a smile on his face. I can't wait to take him and his shitty, filthy organization down. It's just a matter of time, Jordan whispered. We're still going down to Silicon Valley to talk with Dream Realm's executives this Saturday, right? Absolutely. I'm sure they're going to take care of it before anything else needs to happen, Elias nodded. This is a problem for a large company like them. It makes them look weak or terrible if this gets out. A bolt of electricity missed Jordan by inches, and she turned around to see that one of Toe's security members was now only 15 feet behind them. Immediately, both Elias and Jordan whipped up their own guns. He's a mod. Don't feel shitty about him or the rest of them, Elias muttered, turning and firing bullets in the direction of the security guard. The bullets missed the guard, but that appeared to not be the target anyway, as the snowmobile exploded. The snowmobile immediately slid into a tree, the metallic frame shining with gas-fueled fire while the guard lay unconscious in the nearby snow, but neither Jordan nor Elias stopped for him. As they made their way to Notorious City, another two guards revved their engines up to the point where they were able to fire electric shocks through the air. Elias and Jordan continued swerving to avoid the electricity. One of the end streaks of a bolt hit Elias, who screamed, but remained conscious, his foot pressed down on the pedal with vigor. "'Are you okay?' Jordan asked, looking over to Elias while skirting the side of a pine tree, her gun firing back at the two guards who continued to come increasingly closer. "'I'll be fine,' Elias muttered, "'but I can't take a second hit, I'll tell you that much. And no offense, but if you get hit, Jordan, you're going for a tumble.' "'But if I become unconscious, remember we can't still wake up,' Elias explained. "'Who knows what could happen?' Elias turned and shot a couple more bullets, this time hitting the one snowmobile in the right place. The snowmobile exploded, which caused the second snowmobile to tumble off and slam into a tree. Only five security guards remained alongside Toe, who had yet to truly become worried about the situation. The mountain they slid across was part of a snowboarding and skiing resort, and so now Jordan and Elias were carefully dodging family and friends and couples who were enjoying their dreams within the Notoria mountain range. But nearby, finally opened up to them, was Notoria City. There was no suburbs to the city, just tall, beautiful buildings made out of ice and petrified wood, stone and brick, glass and soft light. The violet night sky was riddled with pink and green auroras, while the city glowed like a warm bonfire within all the snow and ice. Jordan and Elias immediately rode into the main street, the streets covered in snow to allow snowmobiles easy access. There was no such thing as cars within the Notoria mountain range, as there were no paved roads within the realm either. Jordan and Elias drove through some side streets before coming down a single alley. They waited, but confirmed that they had managed to lose toe and a security throughout the city. Neither of them could wake up or teleport to a different part of the realm, though. Do you think he's the one that came up with this caging technology? Jordan questioned. You know, all the victims talked about being unable to leave and everything. 
I think it's possible. I suppose it depends on if it's a coding issue or truly an invention of sorts. None of the victims mentioned that the rapist pulled out a device on them. True, but these rapists could have easily used such a device prior to the rape itself. There was a roar of snowmobile engines, and neither of them their own. A third had joined them, coming to a stop feet away from where Jordan and Elias were standing. The figure hopped off the bike, a calm, collected smile on his face. <laughs> you tried so hard to get away, but not this time. Toast smiled, raising an instrument in his hand. It's time to erase all of your dream realm memories regarding the Dark Realm. At least, that's the point. I haven't tried this invention. We'll see how it fares. Chapter 9 A memory remover. Isn't that a little bit sixth grade? Jordan quipped, trying to hide the fact that she was a little scared about Toe's device. It doesn't matter how juvenile it sounds if it works, Toe giggled, holding the ray gun-like tool. We're going to use it for people who don't want to join the Dark Realm, but also for people who decided not to renew their membership. We're fine letting people go, but they're not going to go with any of our information. So how does it work? Elias asked. You just hold it up to someone and bam, it just happens. Close. Basically, you have to think about what memories you want to remove from someone. It's quite applicable for many situations. Why do you think some of the younger kids seem so happy? We just keep them innocent by removing their memories of their interactions with clients. Of course, after a while, it gets harder to remove the memories. You know, if they're repeating deja vu style. Jesus, I think it's impossible to be any more disgusting, Jordan whispered. Some of those older kids didn't seem so happy and innocent. Well, I won't force the memory removal if the kids don't want it, but some of the older ones obviously resent me. But they're just mods at the end of the day. I can't be trifled with avatars who are code and not human in their protests. But they're designed to be human, Elias began, but Toe immediately cut him off. They mimic humans, but they're not humans. They only feel the way they do because we tell them how to feel. Most mods are constructed with the viewpoint of being human. If we wanted to, we could make these young children sex-crazed and ready to hop on men and open their mouth wide, but that's not the type of fantasy our clients get off to. See, there's a reality in this business. Well, well, all we do has to do with fantasy. Our clients' needs are based on reality that they wish they had. And some of it's worse than others. The rich old man who can't get laid comes to us. The pedophile who can't act in his reality can now act out his reality with us. But not all are that dark. We all were discreet couples. Create fantasies for those who aren't imaginative. The closeted gay men stuck in a marriage can have all the fucking gay sex he wants. See, it's beneficial this way. Less people get hurt. There's a reason the Dream Realm had banned the making lots of children, and you're the exact fucking reason, Elias whispered. You're breaking their system with your little Dark Realm, and not all your men and women are mods. Of course not. Some have been hired as real humans to do this, but it's a dream. None of it happened in real life. It's like it didn't happen ever at all. At all. But you're forgetting, too, about the rapes, Jordan cried, her voice passionate with justice. You can defend the mods of children who are getting sexually abused. You can say they aren't human. You can say the older men and women are doing this because they want to. But your organization is giving men the ability to rape women and men in the dream realm. You can't hide that, and you can't justify that. We're just not going to see the same page, Toe admitted, not even trying to rebut Jordan's claims, most likely because he couldn't. So why don't you do yourself a favor and just forget about this? I won't be forgetting anytime soon, Jordan promised, stepping back a bit from Toe and his device. You and the rest of your group, Marzipan, Magenta, your boss, you'll be done for. We're going to go to the Dream Realm executives. <laughs> Good luck, we're not traceable in the system, Toe laughed, sending a chill down both Elias and Jordan's spines. You're foolish if you think we're on the Dream Realm to be traceable, jeez, you gotta be really fucking dumb. We have countless hackers working for us, making sure our operation is feasible, but also covering our tracks. You know none of our real names. You know nothing except our locations, but even then, what are they going to find? We're ready to cover our entire existence if we need to. We're not some last-minute organization. <laughs> Toast up forward with the device. Make it easier on both of us and forget this ever happened. 
Elias raised his gun. Step the fuck backward right now. Toe paused. His mouth opened slightly with the kind of intrigue one might have with someone who outwardly disrespected you. He did not move, but his device was still in his hand. Come on! This would make it so much easier for both of us. It's a win-win situation. Toe smiled, while Elias continued to point his gun towards Toe. Toe stepped forward, and Elias pulled the trigger. But instead of the bullet slamming into Toe, it slammed into the device. The device released some kind of rays, which slammed into Toe. The device otherwise crumbled as both it and Toe hit the snowy floor of the alleyway. Jordan and Elias looked at one another before they moved forward. Toe slowly stood up, turning to both of them with a smile. Why, hello, who are you? Toe grinned. New security for the Venus? Uh, yes, Elias nodded. We were told to come see you. We were told, uh... You were going to give us an overview of the major projects coming up? After all, we're not ordinary security guards. Ah, <laughs> good. I could use some extraordinary security guards. Toast smiled again. Clearly the device that managed to wipe out his memory of both Elias and Jordan. The two were going to take advantage of that. Oh, shoot. I dropped my memory device. Toe looked at the device inside. Oh, to fix the back of the Venus. But anyways, I'm not sure when you start, but what are your, what are your names? Rochelle. Bill. Rochelle and Bill. Toe grinned. Excellent. Well, maybe it would be easier to ask me questions. I'm sure we can make more of the orientation stuff back at the Venus. Perfect. Rochelle, a.k.a. Jordan, nodded. Is the Venus the only spot our clients use for our prostitutes? There are a couple facilities, but the Venus is perhaps the most seclusive and hidden. Toe explained. Gate doesn't have any children on the premises, and our downtown location is kept to a minimum only for the best clients. What major events are coming up? Actually, tomorrow we have some of our new members gathering at the Silverado Club in South Coast. I'm not sure if you're familiar. It's a beautiful place, a bit western, a bit exotic. Our new members are going to try out their new devices and, uh, you know, see if they can get lucky. Toe couldn't help but snicker. Devices? You mean the devices which stop people from waking up or transporting to another realm? Yep. <laughs> I call them the freeze button. Toe pulled out one from his pocket. You signal it on someone, and it stops them from waking up or teleporting to another realm. But it only stops them from doing that when you're nearby. It doesn't work if you're far away from them. And of course, it doesn't work if people naturally wake up, like after sleeping for seven hours because of an alarm or an external factor. So they're going to test out rapes tomorrow, Elias confirmed. Oh, we don't like using that word. It's a negative term. We just like saying that whatever happens probably would have happened anyway, you know? Is there anything else happening that we should know about? Jordan questioned. Well, we do have a large event coming up next week. It's going to be on Monday night. They didn't want on a weekend, but apparently it's going to be a large gathering of members, their invites, and future members. It's going to be the most public event we've ever had. I don't know too much about it. King's been playing the whole thing along with lights. King and lights appear to be two more people in the executive line of the Dark Realm. How many people are going to be there? Well, we have an active member base of 604, I think, right now. I think past 500 have confirmed their attendance, and then those individuals who invited another 700, plus our new member base of 60, and our potential member base of 400. And I think they're looking to be prepared for about 1,800, but it could be pushing 2,000, and that's why they went with the large ballroom instead of the small one. Where's the event happening? At the Regal Urbana Hotel. Elias and Jordan did their best to not look at each other during this exchange. Gotcha. Is there anything else you think we need to know at this time? Jordan questioned, and Toe shook his head. I'll see you back at the Venus, then. Toe winked before climbing aboard a snowmobile and turning across the main street. What the fuck just happened? Jordan whispered, turning to Elias. She was worried Toe was going to return, although it appeared like he was not going to. When I shot my gun, I was wondering that it would be easier to use his device on himself and make him forget about us, Elias confessed. So I wonder if the device malfunctioned, read my mind, and then acted out on Toe? Either he's not building the device properly, or we lucked out. We have so much information on our hands. They're having a gala next Monday, but they're also having an event tomorrow. What should we do? We can't go to the Silverado Club or the gala. We'll be recognizable, Elias responded. 
We're going to need some help. I have some ideas, Jordan nodded. If we get evidence on this group, then we stand a better chance of being able to stop them. Thank you so much for listening. For more podcasts and work done by me, Matt Rebar, check out my website at www.mattrebar.weebly.com. Tweet or Instagram me at Rebstar, H-R-I-B-S-T-A-R. And if you missed it, all 10 episodes of season one, Unconscious, Subconscious, are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and more. Until next time.